welcome to the Christmas special. Welcome to Christmas. Welcome to Christmas. Christmas is now official. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's okay now. Well, what date is it? Oh, I don't know what date this goes out. This goes out... Well, let's think about it. Um, we, we, yeah, because we need to edit this fairly quickly. Don't have... Uh, 19th. 19th. Okay, well, that's really properly Christmas. It might that's only, bit, like, what, four or five sleeps to Christmas. I might make it a little bit earlier than that. Um, I'll put it live as soon as I get it back, basically. I want to get it transcribed. Fine. Because we've just been doing... Because that would be the right thing to do, yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> literally just been doing yeah, an going, interview yeah, yeah, for yeah, next yeah. season <laughs> with Robin Christofferson about accessibility. Oh, no, no sorry. Inclusive, inclusive design. design. And it was brilliant. Really, that's a really good one. Season yeah. 11 is going to be such a good season. Yeah, it's full of other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So, how are you, are you excited about Christmas? Of course I'm excited about Christmas. Are you really? What are you looking forward yeah, to? Of course I'm excited. You have to uh, pretend for the podcast. Well, my wife said to me the other day, "What? Well, come on, but I, but Diana, my mother-in-law, said, well, what do you want for Christmas? I, I said, I don't want anything. Oh, I genuinely boring don't. Arse. That's not true. People I, who reach a certain age. I've got everything. Um, <laughs> that's not really true. No, but I, what I like is the kind of food and drink and, oh, yeah. and all that kind of side yeah. of Christmas. Uh, there are most of the things that I want, yeah. as in gadgety stuff. You've already bought. No, it's too expensive. Uh, you know, I'm, at the moment, I'm looking at Pete, who I see through the door, waving yeah. at him. He can't see me. Um, he brought that his camera in with that wonderful <gasps> 50 mil lens on yeah. it. Yeah, uh, and I want one of those. Yeah, and it's 270 quid. Yeah, and it's like well, it's, maybe Caroline might spend that kind of money on me, but I don't want her to because we've just had a, a ridiculous holiday. I've been away on holiday, Paul. Shut up. Um, uh, so we're trying to not spend too much money. So it's that kind of, that's probably the smallest. And I right. think, well, my digital camera, my digital SLR was yeah. one of the first ones to come out. Oh, so, so I, really I need a new one. Oh, obviously. I do. And that's like, well, I think, well, I need, I need a D7 or something like that for a thousand pounds. You don't. So, yeah, yeah. So, I, but anyway, basically, and the bottom line is there's nothing for like 50 quid out there that I particularly uh, want. See, you, you need to Maybe get, there is. There's, yeah, it comes back to food and drink every time. Right. You need to get into gaming. That's the answer. I've just because sorry I'm picking things up off the floor. Um, uh, you and I have had this conversation that Christmas time is a time when I will play games. Yeah, Far Cry Four. That's what I'm going to be doing over Christmas. I've got three weeks off. I should easily be able to finish the whole thing. Year Walk is the one I'm going to be. Playing. Year Walk. Yes. I've never even heard of that. It's kind of weird, arty scandinavian get lost in the forest with weird shit happening kind of like, what platform uh, are you going to be playing this on on my on my mac on your mac yeah uh, it's not very good for gaming macs yeah but it's, it's about it's but I, you're a, yeah you like puzzle solving games don't you i um, like blow them up games if they don't explode i'm not interested <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i don't have a games console yeah it would be a complete and utter waste of money it would just sit there and be something that gathered dust but they're quite good now for for things like watching netflix bbc new you know uh iplayer playing dvds blu-rays that kind of stuff i have a dvd blu-ray player oh, okay. i have apple tv which i again waste of money <laughs> there you go it's a waste of money <laughs> but that's what christmas is about wasting money no, I'm looking yeah, for... Sorry, what are you... Paul, I rambled weeks. on for ages. What? Three weeks off. That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, obviously, yes. Three Not weeks off. Three weeks off. Food, food and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and computer games. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. That is my Christmas. Saturday had 
the kind of weather that I really like as well. And I hope there's some weather. Because another thing I like doing at Christmas time is going out walking lots. Strange, man. With the dogs. Yeah, see, that's quite nice. It's great fun. Yeah. And, but what you want is the same is, is the weather when I woke up on Saturday morning and it looked like, like a Christmas card. Right. It wasn't snowy, but it was just like bone hard, really heavy frost out there. Yeah. And the sun was twinkling. In yeah, the that's what Absolutely you want. Absolutely gorgeous. That's lovely. So I'm hoping that every day is like that over Christmas. Yeah. I can go out. Yeah, because we very rarely get... We're talking it, about it rains. Again. it rains. We normally. very rarely get snow on Christmas Day. I remember it once. Too early, isn't it? We, yeah. if, if we get snow, it's in January usually. Yeah. Okay, so should we talk about what we're going to do in this, this Yeah, because I don't know. Yes. So, well, I do know. You did tell me. I did tell you, but I'll yeah. tell you Tell, you tell me again. So, we, I, I want, the Christmas special is always a really difficult one to do, right? Because... We're a web design podcast. Do we just pretend that we're not a web design podcast like Unfinished Business did, does, right? Which is Andy Clark's podcast, right? Um, what we, did Andy do? Well, he didn't do a Chris. I don't know what he's doing for Christmas, but I went on his recently and he did a Doctor Who special, right? Where we talked about Doctor Who. That's right, yes. And I sneered at you. You sneered at me. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but we didn't in any way talk about web design. I like to have at least some form of tenuous link, Okay. I also, because we're on a season break, I'm as lazy as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, get other people to do your yes. show for you. So that's what we've done. Yes. So essentially, I've, I've asked three questions. Okay. Um, uh, the first question I asked everybody to comment on was, what was their favorite vaguely technological um, present when they were a kid? Okay. Can I ask you what you mean by technological? I'm, I'm, electricity had only just been invented <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> I really, I'm, I, I really, I've got this very, very open. This is very kind of. For example, if it's got, is a bicycle a techn- piece of technology? Mm, yeah, I would, I'm thinking more electronicy. Okay, if I'm honest. But anyway, I'm struggling with that one. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to answer these if yes, you don't okay. want to. Then we're gonna um, we're gonna hear from my son because my yes. uh, my son has some opinions, mm-hmm. <laughs> very much like his father, <laughs> um, and he's going to judge the uh, technological presence of Christmas past in the eyes of a, a millennial or digital native or whatever he is. This kind of they'll all know, be rubbish, surely. Uh, It'll all the, be no, tat. no. <laughs> he, there were certain ones that he actually w- was willing to tolerate. Okay. And then we're going to, after that, we're going to look at, um, uh, I've got to remember what we're going to do. We're going to, oh yeah, we're going to look at the future after that. We're going to say, how do we do that then, Paul? We're going to, I've asked people to say what they think they'll get for Christmas in 10 years time. Right. Right. And then we're going to round up by saying, answering the big question, has technology ruined Christmas? So that's, that's what we've got in store for this, this, this podcast. Fine. Okay. Right. Shall we kick off then? All right. So we're going to look at presents of the past. Yes. Do you remember what you, have you got a kind of vaguely techie present that you remember? Yes. What is it? It was, uh, the Binatone or Binatone games console that you plugged into your telly <gasps> that had the tennis on it. Boop. Yes. Boop. Did you have the guns as well? God. There were guns. <laughs> which is, I, I always, I, even to this day, I don't know how those guns worked. And I don't. Well, I'm saying that no, I don't know how we controlled what was going on on the, on the screen. Must have had some kind of little. Yeah, this is a long time. ago. I can't ago. remember. It was Would black have been and white, mid seventies. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
My best present, Christmas present, was a, a rally chopper, though. Five, yeah, but that's five not, gears. That doesn't count. Choppers were cool mine. I had a chopper. Fantastic bike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with, not, with not the, techie enough. With the, with the, the, the beep bop beep yeah, yeah. thing, there was definitely a game where you had a gun and you pointed it at the screen and you had to shoot things on the screen. You and know what? I think I've still got that Benetone game. Have you really? Do you reckon it's worth loads of money? Probably no. not. No. No. <laughs> but I don't know how that gun worked. Because how did it... I don't know. I still don't know how it worked. <laughs> it would have been plugged in by cable. Yeah, but how did it know whether I'd hit the thing on the screen or not? It must have been... I don't know. Anyway, so I'm sure somebody will anyway, tell me in the comments. That was a genuinely electronic, kind of computery gamesy um, thing that was definitely well, maybe 76, 77, yeah. something like that. There uh, were a couple... And it was amazing, because we played it all the whole... Uh, yeah. That was it. There all were, the board games went out the, the window. Oh, that yeah, that's it. far cooler. Yeah. There were a couple that I remember... One is, do you remember Simon Says? Yes. That you had that thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was awesome. I used mm-hmm. to really enjoy that. Yeah, uh, I forget you're quite old as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite as old as you, but I'm still yeah. quite old. And the other one was Big Tracks. Do you remember Big Tracks? So Big Tracks was no. um, essentially your head doesn't work like a little <laughs> tanky thing, right? Yeah. But probably, probably about that long and about that's not helping on a podcast yeah, either, is it? It's about that long by about that wide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and... It had a like a keypad in the top, and you could program in commands, and then it would drive the route that you set. So you could say go forward five lengths, and then no, that means nothing to me at all. Ah, I bet. If if I showed you a picture, it might do it. Okay. Uh, Big tracks. Oh, I spelt it wrong. But that was quite cool. I I used to quite like big tracks. What about? See, because I yeah, I I got the Action Man helicopter, but that's not techie, is it? I don't know. Do you remember that? Nope, not no? at all. Oh, that's interesting. But that action, action Man helicopter was probably my most wowy. Did it have? I tell you if it counts or not. Did it have like kind of buttons and flashy lights and it would speak things and it that speak, kind of stuff? Yes, it did. It did noises, but yeah. it didn't. The rotors didn't go round unless you put no. that with your finger. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it made noises and yeah, yeah no, that counts. Yes, there was all kind. There yeah. you go. Well, I've, I've done loads. There were loads of things like that, weren't there? There was yeah. like. A um, bit late for me, at the end of my kind of toy period. Oh, well, okay, better ones. Was, of course, Star Wars used to have... I used to have a Millennium Falcon where there were... Yeah, you I could press buttons. Yeah, I guess the Action Man helicopter was similar to that. Yeah, and it had another button you could press and CP3O... Um, 3PO... C- yeah, I was right. CP3PO. Um, would make noises and R2-D2 would beep and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there, there were definitely a lot of those kinds of things. <gasps> oh, do you remember the Incredible Hulk figure with stretchy arms and you could put... Oh, no, awesome. I shake my head again. No, no you don't. No idea. You don't remember anything. Senility <laughs> setting. <in. laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Actually, this is—it's scaring me. I'm trying to think. Right, Christmas when I was a kid. I know. Um. I thought when you get older, you have more vivid memories of your earlier years, or is that just an? I can remember being. I can remember counting down to Christmas every year. Oh yeah. I mean, it was like major. Yeah, my son's going nuts at the moment. But I couldn't. But I can't remember. Oh, I, I was given an advent calendar this year because my daughter said, I'm, I don't want that, it's full of chocolate. So I said, I'll have it then. Right. <laughs> I've opened one door. <laughs> That's pathetic. It is just pathetic. <laughs> just, I'm saving them all up for Christmas Eve. So I'm just funny. Off the lot. James, <laughs> my, my son is so literal being Asperger's as that. So he got given a, a chocolate calendar, you know, normal mm. thing, by his, his gran. Um, and I said to him, I said to him, 
you don't you don't want to wait for those. You just cut off the back with with a, a scalpel and take. And he bloody did it. <laughs> <laughs> so he removed all the chocolates from the back, <laughs> covered it up again, and it looked perfect. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so let's. And he's on. on the show. And he's on the show lately. Yeah, awesome. Um, so we're, we're we're so there were lots of different kind of areas, but obviously computers were a big one. Yes. Right, they're people's first computers. So we're going to kick off by listening to some of the the computer presence people had because this is really quite funny. So Brett from Happy Cog kicked us off with his story about when he first got an Atari. Wow, it was a life changer. My dad hooked it up on our old TV that had knobs to change the channels, wood paneling on the sides, and possibly even an antenna. I can remember playing Frogger on that thing for hours on end and loving it. I can also remember my hands being really tired after hours of playing Atari. Brett obviously really loved his Atari ST, but not as much as Danny loved his Amiga. Um, I actually cried when I got it, probably more so because my parents made out that they, they couldn't get me it for Christmas and I'd have to wait another two weeks or something. So the surprise of getting it on Christmas Day was a little bit overwhelming. And uh, yes, yeah, so I got the uh, 512K extension. Oh, yeah. So as you heard, Danny was fairly proud of his whole 512K there. Makes Lee look quite small fry in comparison. The coolest piece of technology I got as a kid was my Sinclair Spectrum. ZX Spectrum 16K model. I think it was the Christmas morning of 1982. Yeah, I'm old, I know. But it was just it was just the beginning of everything for me. Um, that wonderful moment as I loaded up from tape, Manic Minor, um, and heard the wonderful sound of the opening music, which kind of went... <laughs> Which was quite a feat, considering the Spectrum could only beep. Somehow, Matthew Smith, the programmer, had managed to produce multi-channel sound from this amazing rubber-keyed beast. Um, and for Spectrum, apart from games, I mean, it was what I learnt, um, how I learnt programming and all my interest in producing graphics and fiddling around with colour and fonts and everything else. It all started there. So, best present ever. And um, I think my parents worried about it at the time. What would I actually do with this thing? But, you know, it, it formed the foundation of everything I've learned since. Lee wasn't the only one to find his career kicked off by his first computer. John Hicks discovered that he could design icons on his first computer. And we all know where that led. The whole family for Christmas got an Acorn Electron computer. Now, other people in this sort of era were getting things like Sinclairs or Commodores um, or even a BBC Micro, but the Acorn Electron um, was fortunately being sold a little bit cheaply. So it meant that we could pick up this Acorn Electron and we could actually afford it. For me, the the, the really cool thing, apart from just having something to play games on, uh, was the fact that I could change the icons on games whereby you can uh, fill in the, uh, the squares on this grid and work out what's called a VDU statement and create your own little characters. So things like a, a driving game, uh, you could change the, the car to be like a sort of crude X-wing and then suddenly this driving game uh, actually became like a sort of a trench run kind of game. Um, I like to think that's where the kind of the whole icon thing came from, but it, I don't think it is. But it was very cool. 
Of course, while the old fogies amongst us were all faffing around with our Spectrums and Amigas and Ataris, the younger generation were going mobile. I think the coolest bit of tech that I got for Christmas must have been my laptop, because I found um, it allowed me to do everything I was doing already, playing games and making websites and the things that I was really enjoying, but I was able to take them other places so i would go to my friend's house or i'd go down to the lounge um so it really allowed me to do the stuff that i enjoyed doing more socially instead of being stuck in a room um which is more the stereotype that made me feel really nostalgic it did particularly lee um <laughs> two things he said one that um he started programming um, on a on a Sinclair Spectrum, yeah, so, I did. Says, that. It says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it uh, does. Um, what, no, what I, I played Manic Miner as well, I and I, I'm sure I've played. I, he never finished it or something. He said there was one level that was impossible, and I thought, well, I did it. Ah, yeah. So there, there I you love go. Manic Miner. Oh. I used an Atari STE for m- music programming. Oh, did you? I'm that bit. I'm that much older. I right, I was. Uh, you know, about twenty. Yeah, I suppose when when that one came out, and I bought it to do uh, to do music programming on, so like Notator, which turned into Logic, which is what I'm recording this on now. No way. Yeah, isn't it funny? Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was uh, the whole thing. I thought was was really it was really good. I'm really interested to see where people kind of started with their computers. And the, the thing that particularly got me was that uh, one right at the end was I think it was Sean um, that talked about his yeah laptop he could carry around so funny i was playing a video to my son of steve jobs when he announced the the first laptop and um he's standing on stage and um then suddenly you know it's it's in front of him and everything yeah. and, and then he picks it up yeah like this and he puts a hula hoop around it that's right yeah it's just, <laughs> just so funny um, and james was, was going why is everyone clapping why is everyone clapping <laughs> Because you can move your computer. It's very exciting. Mm. So, yes, that, that was computers. Um, obviously, there was games consoles as well. So I've got a little bit about the various game consoles um, that people had when they were younger. Like so many of us, Brett didn't stick with the Atari he mentioned earlier. He moved on to games consoles. About four or five years later, I remember getting a Nintendo system, definitely one-upping the the Atari. That blew my mind on a whole new level. I wanted it so badly. There's definitely a VHS video of me doing a backflip into the couch in the living room when I opened it, because I was way too excited. But Brett wasn't alone in moving across to his games console. Ryan Taylor was closely behind. Okay, so one of my best technology presents for Christmas when I was a kid. I remember distinctly getting the Sega Mega Drive and me and my brother were really excited about this. It was the one with the cartridges that you plugged in and it had the controller which just had the uh, three buttons on it like, you know, none of this 25 button malarkey that you get with uh, with modern controllers. You just had the three. And, uh, and yeah, we were playing games like Golden Axe and Sonic the Hedgehog and Rage and things like that. And uh, that was a really exciting Christmas. You couldn't get us off that. The best thing about Games Console is it it really brings about that Christmas spirit of peace on Earth. Uh, and I remember a few months later that one of the three con- one, three buttons on one of the controllers actually broke. You couldn't press it in anymore. So we were playing a game like Street Fighter and we'd be having to make rules saying, right, you can't do a throws because the third button controlled the throw. You can't do throws in this fight. And then you go, ah, oh, you did a throw, you won. No, no, that's cheating, that's cheating. So we'd have massive arguments about... 
you know, who was in the right, who was in the wrong. I accidentally knocked it, I accidentally knocked it. What my fault? Let's do it again. And, uh, yeah, so, that were a good present. I love the, I did a backflip. I, I just love I, that. I don't think I've ever been able to do a backflip. So no, I I'm can't. just impressed full stop with that. As a, <laughs> even as a kid, I don't Gymnastics think I were never my thing. No, not really mine either. <laughs> it's like right up there with Danny crying when he gets his, uh, his whatever it was, computer. Well, that was, that was cruel parents. Yeah, <laughs> we are very cruel at Christmas, my <laughs> It's like, my, at the moment, have my son likely to listen to this? No, he's not. <laughs> um, at the moment, um, there's this one particular... Um, kind of war, um, Warhammer 40,000 figure that James wants. And he's desperate to know whether I've got it or not. And mm. I'm just lying to him, barefaced lying. Yeah. It's just, that's <laughs> great. You know, that's what parenting's about, isn't it? The yes. joy of torturing your child. <laughs> yes, they're smaller so we can bully them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except eventually they end up looking after us. <laughs> right. Um, so let's move on. The, the other category of present that seemed to kind of reoccur a few times is like building type presents when you build things okay you know the kind of lego type stuff so let's hear about those bruce lawson demonstrated his technical skills at an early age when he got a circuit board set the coolest bit of kit i got uh for christmas when i was a kid was called the 65 in one and it was like a wooden tray about the size of a tea tray and there were lots of electronic components in there uh, and they were connectable up with these. They gave you loads of wires and you connected them using springs which were connected to the components. There was a big workbook with lots of circuit diagrams. Um, so you could make all these electronic circuits like a, a lie detector and a sound meter and a crystal set radio. And then all these little cartoons that explain how it all worked. And it made me love electronics. Dan James, on the other hand, preferred something a little bit more Lego orientated. I got a giant uh, package of constructs, which was kind of a competitor to Lego. It was more, it would be if Lego was Apple, uh, Constructs would be Linux. So I got this giant package of Constructs and it consisted of little connector pieces and different size uh, beams that would connect the, the little connectors. And then it also had a motorized uh, component as well. So you would get a whole bunch of little motors, uh, little, uh, they looked like tiny little fan belts or O-rings and then gears that would attach to different parts uh, of the toy. And you can make pretty much whatever you wanted. You can make vehicles, you can make things with elevators, that kind of stuff. So it was amazing in that you could build pretty much whatever you could imagine. Dan James wasn't the only one to mention Lego. Joe Leach also mentioned it, but he gets special brownie points because he related it to web design. It's probably fairly predictably Lego. Um, But what I loved about Lego... Um, and how, why it's kind of stayed with me until now is the fact that it just was the very basics of building. Basic blocks, basic colours, basic everything. And it kind of reminded me a bit of um, good old HTML and CSS where you can kind of take the basics of these very, very simple technologies and make something epic. And that was always the best thing about LEGO was making something from loads of very, very basic bits, something really special and huge like a massive concept spaceship or a super tank or a house, or anything that you possibly wanted. And that was the thing I loved so much about Lego. I think the Lego one was a bit of a push. There was no technology, no technology aspect in there. to that. 
So I, if I couldn't have my chopper bicycle, then he doesn't get that. Because the only reason I allowed his in was because he related it to web design. Okay. So if you can relate your chopper bicycle to web design, they then were, it they were great for doing wheelies on. Yeah. How's that web related? Because it both starts with a W. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about the chopper bike was the fact that you could. Um, it, it, it was a really good bike to learn on because it had such wide tires. Mm-hmm. It was a friend of mine was trying to learn on a, on a, a racing on a bike. Very difficult. We used to turn, we what we used to do because I actually managed to break the frame of my chopper eventually from jumping off things basically. Yeah. Um, but the the back chopper wheel mm-hmm. on a racing frame with a racing front wheel was a fantastic bike. It's what, it's what the That's kind of grifter weird. turned into. Right. Grifter. Yeah, yeah, grifter. yeah. We didn't have grifters in when I was young, so we had to make our own. Oh, grifters. Um, grifters came along when I was around. Yeah. So it was just those few years difference. I really wanted one, but I was a bit old when yeah. they came out, so it's like I didn't get one. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. It is very sad. We had some other kind of miscellaneous presents, right, that don't fall into a neat category, but some of them are so good that I desperately wanted to include them. Sarah Pimenta was the only woman that submitted some suggestions to this podcast and thank you Sarah for doing that and I have to say you've done a particularly good job at holding up the kind of women's end of the present market so it was it was called a Julie doll so being a girl that's not uncommon um but apparently it was the first talking responding to movement light and temperature doll that there was on the market and um according to the good old world wide web she was about 112 dollars in 1987 so goodness knows how much my parents must have paid for this um didn't come from a family that had a lot of money so i can only guess that my dad thought it was like the most amazing piece of girly tech that he could have possibly got me for Christmas. And it was pretty amazing, actually. You would have books and she had like a sensor in her finger and you'd run it over the books and it would help you to learn to read and stuff like that. It was actually pretty cool. Um, But I've just looked up what she looked like on the internet and I've got to say, if that was sitting in the corner of my room, I probably wouldn't sleep at night as an adult. While Sarah looked after her physical doll, Dan Edwards seemed to be looking after his virtual one. I think the coolest piece of tech that I got when I was a kid uh, was probably a Tamagotchi. Um, Was it not even like a little one inch screen, something like that, that would eat all the time and poop all the time. And I remember just being uh, obsessed with it, you know, take it to school with me. And uh, uh, yeah, that's got to be probably the coolest tech thing I got when I was a kid. Although I was a little bit too old for the Tamagotchi craze and can't really associate that well with Sarah's excitement about her doll, I can remember getting really excited about Patrick O'Keefe's suggestion. It was our first VCR, and I was three at the time. I had just turned three. For Christmas, my parents bought a Panasonic VCR for $500. This was a really big purchase for them. $500 now is a lot of money, but $500 back then, you know, adjusted for inflation, it's about $1,050 in $2014, and it was even more given where they were at in their lives at the start of building their family. So this was a purchase they had planned for, they had saved for, they had waited for VCRs to come down in price because the first VCRs were, you know, well over $1,000. So they could finally afford a VCR, and it was a game changer because... 
Before that, you could only watch what was on TV. Now, you could watch whatever you wanted, when you wanted, at least if it was in your VHS library. And of course, after that, you know, that leads to DVD players and Blu-ray players and DVRs and recording and streaming on demand. And so, you know, it all kind of kicks off this ability to watch what you want, when you want. So, I, yeah, I love the VCR one. I really remember that ever so vividly. My mum and dad bought... Um, a video recorder, as we used to call it. Yes. Not a VCR. Oh, no, not a VCR. And it had analog buttons, so like big yeah. down buttons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what that meant was, is this was back in the days of actually editing stuff as okay. I was watching it. Right. Particularly things like the old grey whistle test, any music programs. And I could help be holding the, the, um, the pause button, and it would... And if I let it let it up, it was immediate. Right. Because uh, like, the digital ones didn't do that. They, uh, they go, and then you get somebody talking over the end right. of the song. So, yes, I did love the old video recorder. Yes. It was, I, I just remember my first trip to a video rental store as well. And suddenly, <laughs> there are all these things I can watch. Yeah. I, can, I can watch any of this. Yeah. You know, amazing. I, yeah, amazing. And dolls are just freaky. Absolutely, <laughs> dolls are indeed freaky. Um, but, um, yeah, so that, so that was the kind of different suggestions people had. I think there's some real classics in there. I think there's some things that were mm-hmm. absolute game changers that I remember so uh, fondly. Unfortunately, my son doesn't share the same level of excitement about that list as maybe we do. Okay, James. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Hello. Welcome to the podcast. It's exciting. Is it exciting? Yeah, it's very exciting. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you find it exciting. So... I think it's exciting. I hope you'll find it exciting. It's nearly Christmas. Now that's exciting. I know, that is exciting. Okay. Is this the whole, this, this the whole podcast, talking about... How excited how you excited are. excited no. I am about the podcast. You've got a job oh. on this podcast. You it's have, the weekend, Dad! <laughs> it's not yet. Not quite. We're having a holiday day. You are having a holiday day. The, the benefits of homeschooling, but there you go. So, anyway, as part of this show, what we've had is lots of people submit mm. toys that they got as a kid at Christmas. Right. Now, these tend to be people that are a little older than you. Probably oh, yeah. most of them are not quite as old as me, although some of them are. Right. And we're going to talk about their various presents, and I want you to rate them. Mm-hmm. As to whether you would find it an acceptable right. present. Okay. All right. It's going to be interesting. The first one is the probably the best, I think. Right. Well, the first and the last. I've kept the first and the last okay. the best. Right. First one. Okay. Mm-hmm. A ZX Spectrum. Now, have you seen a ZX I've Spectrum? I've heard of that. Have you seen a picture of no. one? No. Let's find a picture of the ZX okay. Spectrum. Okay. Right. So, uh, ZX Spectrum. Okay. So this is um, what they look like. Now that's it's the one a keyboard. I had. That's it. But it's a keyboard. What? It, it <laughs> like, is a keyboard. Why do you want a keyboard? It's more than a keyboard. It looks like a terrible keyboard. It's a rubber keyboard, right? <laughs> right. And what you do is you plug it into your TV, yeah. right, like a games console. Okay. But and here's the cool bit: you would have a cassette recorder. You don't even know what a cassette. I know what one of those are. Right. Those so you'd have a. Weird things with you put it in the- not push it in the front when you put it in the t- anyway that's beside the point so you connect a cassette yeah. recorder 
into the back of it, into the sound ports, into right. the computer, right? And you'd pro- you'd load the programs, okay? Mm-hmm. So instead of having like a, D- a DVD yeah. like you have with games, well, actually, these days you download them. Download them, them Steam. <laughs> but um, uh, you would put your cassette in, and it would load the game by making <laughs> noises that the computer would then understand. Now, it would take about five minutes to load five the game. Five minutes? About five minutes to load a game. It's worse loading times than Skyrim. And you have to load it every time. Right. And sometimes it would fail and you'd have to start all over again. That's crazy. Okay. But here's the best thing. Why would you use that? Because that's that. this was cutting edge technology. Cutting edge? Cutting edge. You really right. like Well, consumer cutting edge. Mm. Now, the most interesting thing. Have a guess how much memory that has. A gigabyte. A gigabyte of yeah. memory. I'm being pessimistic. Pe- you think that's pessimistic? Okay. Think not in terms... Gigabytes, just forget gigabytes. So underneath gigabytes not, is, yeah. me- is megabytes and then uh, kilobytes. Yeah. So go, go lower your... A single kilobyte! <laughs> 16 kilobytes. <laughs> that's now we've just bought... For your Christmas, you're having... What, are you having memory... Can you um, remember how much it is? I think 16 megabytes. 16 gigabytes. Gigabytes. Oh, no, no. I'm confused. Yes, 16 gigabytes. I all bytes. I know. Can't they have, like, little mouthfuls instead or something like that? <laughs> okay, so... Giga little mouthfuls. If you were given a ZX Spectrum, is that a good present or a bad present? A bad present. Okay, you don't want, you don't want <laughs> no. a ZX Spectrum. Okay. They're probably worth a little bit now. Yeah, they are. Probably. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's that one. Right, let's have a look at the next one on the list. Next one on the list. Right, games consoles. Okay? Right. You've got, what, PlayStation 4? Yeah, well, you have Well, I have it. Let's be honest. I'm yes. the one that plays PlayStation yeah. 4, because you're a PC gamer. Okay, PlayStation, no. Right, this is pre-PlayStation. This right. is a Nintendo. Nintendo. Right, not when a Nintendo. Nintendo was called. Cool. Just Nintendo, right? Nintendo. Only Nintendo? It had... The controller, you know you have all those hundreds yeah. of buttons now? Mm. Three buttons. <laughs> that was it, right? Oh, is it one of those which have like like those, uh, like an Xbox controller, but with an unnecessary huge spike um, <laughs> coming to stuff your chest? Um, original um, Nintendo. You know those ones. I'm just, I'm searching on it. Let's see, look, here we go. This is what, this is what, yeah. Look, there, that's the controller, right? <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen a picture from those. Oh, yeah, I know those, I think. Yeah. So, so, how do you feel about this? This good? Maybe, if, if I could play Zelda on it, yes. Oh, you like the idea of the original yeah. Zelda? Was yeah. it, the original Zelda actually No, it's really interesting, because a lot of the games you play today are like 8-bit games that would probably run on a Nintendo. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, all right, okay. So Nintendo's a possible mm. as a possible Nintendo present. Nintendo is a possible one. Okay, next one. Right, next one. Somebody's suggesting something called Connects, right? Connects. Yeah, Connects. They described it as a bit like Lego, right? But Lego that had motorized parts, so you could make cars cool. and elevators and things like that. You quite like sound like that one. Quite like sound. Okay, so that's a yes for yes. that. Okay, that's good. Okay, next one on our list, a, a circuit board. So you had a circuit board where you could connect 
the, um, different parts together mm-hmm. to um, using springs and run current through them, and you could make things like a lie detector. I think we already have. We still have those. We have something like that. Yeah. Do you do you like that mine? Is that a good? Yeah. Mm, I'm not a big that fussed about. Those. You've now moved on to tell them about powder toy. That's your virtual <laughs> yes. equivalent of that. Um, it's very hard to explain. It's like a physics simulator, except two D and. Pixely. Pix. It is pixely, but it's um, it's got nuclear elements and it interacts with different different nuclear elements. And if you put them together, so you can basically make nuclear bombs and other uh, explosive devices like lasers, <laughs> could you not nuclear said... shotguns. Of all the things, uh, could you not have kind of? emphasise the like educational ba- values of, there is none yeah there is because you can combine different yeah. te- you know elements and see how they react yeah, with but in your reference you don't go around you, you wouldn't go to school and say alright we're going to play powder toy today we're going to look at how water drips through something or whatever and a condensation so you like. would have you would have sold it by talking about we're going to build a nuclear bomb yeah. And see that, what we can blow up with my, it. My friend Charlie uh, actually... <laughs> has built a nuclear bomb, has he? Well, I t- told him about <sighs> it and he, he wants to play it now. He wants to play it. So you've managed to sell it to yeah. her. Okay, so that, so circuit boards, no. Explosions. Right. Explosions, yes. What about Tamagotchi? Do you know about Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi, I think I used to have one. No, wait a minute. You had something a bit like that. are one. like those little... Yeah, I think I did. Wait a minute, no, they were like, had round plastic little things where they were like... Like this? Yes, those! Those! Now, I used to have one! You did used to have one? I, I did! Remember. Yeah, you did, so they're still around. Yeah. So what do you think of Tamagotchis? I loved them when I was little. I think, I, I don't, I, I don't know whether I'm still... Oh, smiley, you, you obviously have got them. a warm feeling yeah. towards Tamagotchis. I remember playing them in church. <laughs> Rather than paying any attention. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But, but so Tamagotchis, know. Tamagotchis, they get a yes or a no? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. Right. Julia. I think it's Julia. Dot. Now, this is a doll. So you've got to imagine you're girly now. <sighs> right. No. Here we go. No. You no. Don't, you don't know anything about this. <laughs> that one's creepy. That one's so creepy. Now, that's really interesting because that's exactly Sarah who submitted this as, a, as an idea. She said that she doesn't think she would like to have one of these in her bedroom now as an adult because <laughs> they so look so creepy. <laughs> the eyes! It's that one that gets me. Oh my. This one looks like, there's one we're looking at that looks like she's on drugs. Yeah. She? Yeah. So now I need to try and sell you it on Sarah's <laughs> behalf. Because Sarah, no, no, have an open mind, James. Because Sarah really liked it because it was it was intelligent. It could sense movement. It could sense when you were speaking. It could sense um, light and dark. But also, it so had it a magic. So it could be really creepy when it was dark. Yeah, I'm watching yeah. you. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but it had a magic finger too. <laughs> Apparently, you can do that. No, come on. I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell you Julie's doll. So you have a book, right? Right. And you can move the finger across the words in the book, and it would say them out loud, and you could learn to read. Now, that sounds cool, doesn't it? No. No. <laughs> it's just so creepy. 
Look, I've worked very hard. I'm talking to the listener now. I've worked very hard for my son, you know, to, to expose him to a range of things. It's not all about boys' toys. He doesn't need to be a stereotypical boy. Yeah, Julie's doll. No. No. Dolls are not. No. What, no what? dolls? No, no, no dolls. None. I've tried. Zero. Okay, next one. Ah, oh, now this is the last one. The VCR, the video recorder. Now, tell the listener about our Deep Space Nine experiences at the moment. Uh, Deep Space Nine, so, awesome. Yeah, we're watching yeah, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine's amazing. Yeah. What is it about the experience of watching Deep Space Nine that you find weird? What? I'm thinking DVDs. Oh, that you have to put a DVD in every time you want to change every four episodes. And you're used to all of our movies yes. and TV programs on Netflix and stuff yes. like that. So you think DVDs are weird? Yes, I do. Let me introduce you to the VCR. The VCR was before the DVD, okay? So mm. this was a VCR player that you're looking at here, okay? And these are the tapes you would put in them. Yeah. Right? And they were magnetic tapes. Mm. And um, you would put your tape into the slot there, mm-hmm. okay? And then um, you could watch your program. So mm-hmm. it's the first time you could ever watch, watch something that wasn't being broadcast mm-hmm. live on TV. Right. So before that, That's you, good. which is good. Yeah, yeah it's a big good. progression. Now, it had a few downsides. One is that it could only hold about um, three hours of TV on it. Okay, so you had to change them a lot like DVDs. The other problem is because it was a magnetic strip that was being pulled out and round some um, like spool things so it could be read. It tended to degrade over time. So it got worse and worse and you would get these fuzzy lines across your picture and things like that. So that wasn't quite so good. No. But you used to go down to, so if we wanted to watch a film, right, uh, Home Alone, Okay. okay. You'd go down to a shop where you could hire Home Alone, bring it home for 24 hours and watch it and then you take it back to the shop. That makes sense. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you're a learner and you want to just be in your house all the time, then it's a really big problem. Yeah, Mm. which is good. Mm. So, because you don't like leaving the house, do you? No, No, definitely not. Disgraceful. So, (laughs) never seen sunlight. You now make it sound like we keep you in the cellar somewhere. Yes. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) So, what do you think? VCR, yes or no? No. No. I'm I'm fine with the, you know, Apple TV. But if it if it wasn't for the VCR, there would be no DVDs and no Netflix and no any of that. DVDs, um, uh, sorry, not DVDs. Um, DVR, so um, uh, Sky Plus, all Mm. of that kind of stuff wouldn't have existed if we hadn't first had video recorders. For that, maybe. For that, maybe. You could put it on, you could have it as a retro thing on a shelf somewhere, just looking cool. Okay, so overall, what are we saying? We're saying that presents of my era are better or worse than presents of today? Well, as I'm bias uh towards my uh time yeah so you're going to go for today yeah so a lot of people have said that that christmas you know it it shouldn't be about looking at your iphone and playing with your ipad and and computer screens it's all about screens these days and that we should spend more family time playing board games and things like that so this christmas day i'm going to ban all technologies how are you 
Yes, I'm calling you bluff yet again. Because <laughs> you know that I wouldn't be able to do that either, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> well, just to see your face. Just to see yes. my face as I start sweating, yeah. as I'm not allowed to interact with any technology for an yeah. entire day. We are possibly the geek, geek, geekiest Beakiest. family. The geekiest. <laughs> yeah. We are possibly the geekiest family on earth. Thank you very much for joining me today on my podcast. You may now go. I think that I, I'm not, my son is far too clever these days. He started learning that when I say things like "I'm going to turn off the internet," yeah. he knows I won't really do it because I couldn't live without it. <laughs> far too it smart. Did make me think that the actual best game at christmas yeah by a long way yeah is cards for money <laughs> it just is <laughs> i thought you were going to say twister <laughs> maybe when i was younger no no if you that sort of christmas evening sat down you've got maybe six people um and mm-hmm. you and play games like cheat yeah and oh it's yeah just the best it is it's so much funny <laughs> and that's we no technology at all yeah we don't tend to play it for money <laughs> obviously we're not quite like your family oh it's even better well wait, wait till you grow, wait till wait till um james grows up a bit um, and then he'll be up for play for money. money yeah i like that sam yeah. well let's turn our attention to the future the future <laughs> um uh, so yeah we had some good feedback in terms of of what the future might hold okay. all right and and presence for the future Interestingly, there was a reoccurring theme that came across quite strongly. I think we can all agree that Chris Coyer's vision of the future is definitely one that we can get pretty enthusiastic about. In the year 2025, or this will be Christmas going into 2025, this is what I really hope is the uh, the top present will be like gadgets and you know, so like phones and laptops and that stuff, because I think those things will still be around for sure. But they're ones that have like near infinite battery life or battery life that lasts like months or even years. You know, people will want the phone or the laptop that they have to charge like once or twice a year. I think that's going to be the hot new item. And then Lee takes this eternal battery life to its natural conclusion. I kind of expect uh, some kind of wearable wristwatch device, which will actually be my laptop, have enough power in there to to kind of power the centre of my digital universe somehow. Maybe with, uh, you know, projection keyboards, um, wireless connection to a a really big touchscreen, that kind of thing. I'm kind of hoping that will be, you know, this device will always be on you and the battery will last for years. I would so kill for a battery that lasted for years. <sighs> Just people don't think big enough, do they? Well, oh, ten I, years. In 10 years time, right. I will be going off to the clinic uh, to get to get. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't want to know, Marcus, to get my extra hundred years of life. You reckon? No, <laughs> not in ten years. Not in ten years. No, um, but it was it was fun to have that thought. Maybe. I, I got to say, I do agree. People don't think bigger. Mm. They think big enough because the next one actually is talking about virtual reality and that kind of stuff. I remember playing with we'll a virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. <we'll be> dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. The machines will have taken over. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I remember playing with, with virtual reality headsets when I was at IBM in 1994, but apparently it's going to be the next big thing. Apparently Ryan Taylor is fairly confident about what the future will hold. 
there is a general consensus that VR is going to be a big thing in 10 years' time, or it's going to be certainly over the next few years, it's going to get better and better and better. Um, and yeah, Google Glass type glasses for doing all that stuff would be great but what I really want to see is contact lenses I want contact lenses in so nobody knows I'm wearing them and they're just discreet and they're just feeding me information sounds really creepy that doesn't it? nobody knows I'm wearing them Ooh. but um, but yeah I think it'll just be part where everybody's just got them it becomes part of um, everyday life I'm certainly excited about Ryan's vision of the future especially when it's combined with what Sean suggests We've got um, the tools such as AR projection on your on glasses and also uh, leap motion. So I think it's possible in 10 years' time that we might be able to have a polished version of what Iron Man does, which is play with um, 3D objects in the real world, uh, like as if his whole room was his computer. And I, th- I think that's a really cool idea. Some people didn't seem to take my question about the future particularly seriously. Unsurprisingly, Bruce Lawson was leading the charge on this count. I think the the big present in 10 years' time is almost certainly going to be the time machine, which I'm going to invent in 2024. Uh, My kids got it last year because obviously I came back in time and gave it to my kids early. Unfortunately, Brett was quick to join the silliness. Maybe Google Glass for animals. Then Danny just made things worse. Um, a bit of technology that would read my mind and so that I could give it a bit of a mind command and it would do something for me. Danny obviously doesn't want much. Fortunately, Dan Edwards is here to bring a bit of sanity to the proceedings. This is something we should definitely get in 10 years. I think the coolest tech present for 10 years from now has got to be the hoverboard. I know that there was one recently that was that was kind of uh, like a prototype I think it costs like $10,000 and it only works on the metal surface so I think you know the time when we can unwrap a hoverboard and just put it in your living room and start using it that is the hoverboard that everyone really wants so there you go I see Bruce Bruce thought bigger <laughs> with, his, with his time machine I felt that you know he's the one that really has dreamed about the future time, time machine going into the past is impossible why is that? You've been watching too much sci-fi. Um, because of the, the grandfather Yeah, you don't. Uh, yeah. You don't go back and kill your grandfather, which would Im- immediately make you not exist. Uh, yeah. So it's just like, it's just... You're just making up excuses. So I'm sure it's possible. There you go. But a hoverboard, well, I'd fall off it, but yes. You'd like a hoverboard, would you? I'd like a hover car. Like would, you like, would you like your dogs to be wearing Google Glasses? It would be quite interesting, actually. What would it? you feed to them? I guess <laughs> you'd have their view. Yeah, have their view. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know that what they're up to and stuff. You could actually already buy cameras yeah, that yeah. hang around your dog's neck, so you can know what they get up to. I mean, with a cat, that would be even better because they just disappear for quite days freaky. on end. Yes, actually. What? Yeah, that'd be quite scary watching yeah. what a cat got up to. Yeah, that the dog's just kind of go ploughing through shit. Ploughing <laughs> 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 through shit. Yeah, that's probably quite a good way of looking at it. Yeah. So anyway, so we've looked at the future. We've looked to presence of the past now we're going to look at the impact that technology has had on christmas um and we begin with a kind of you know a, a, a feeling that the 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 future has oh sorry that christmas has definitely been improved because it's improved our communications for me bruce lawson hits on but probably the most crucial way that technology has helped make christmas better 
but it's made Christmas a lot better because I live in, because uh, I have a family that's um, multinational. It's really great just being able to use the web to uh, quickly connect up and see rallies across the world and wish them happy Christmas. Lee makes pretty much the same point, but uses a completely out of date, old fashioned reference to make the point. I think technology's done some good at Christmas. They take the um, SMS message, for example. Um, it gave people a way to um, wish people Happy Christmas and Happy New Year if they could get their messages through at 23.59 on both of those evenings. So that allowed people to actually say things to people a long way away, which they couldn't easily without giving them a call, which wasn't always appropriate with time differences and everything else. So I think that did some good. Unfortunately, Joe has a bit of a problem with the text messages you send him, but does totally agree with Bruce. Well, I suppose let's get the worst out of the way. And um, the worst thing I think about technology at Christmas is all those thoroughly annoying group text messages you get from those people you've never heard of except at Christmas Day when they send you the same Happy Christmas text message every Christmas morning. Um, how has tech helped me at Christmas? Well, obviously things like Skype, which mean that um, we don't have to travel so much in the car up and down the country every Christmas, which is the standard thing I think we do here in the UK. When it comes to talking about the benefits of Christmas, I think top of my list is Ryan Taylor's suggestion. Amazon is an absolute godsend. Um, if you if you don't come through post, you're not getting it from me. Uh, I hate going around shopping centres and buying presents and it being really crowded and it's just like a big free-for-all. If it doesn't come through the post, you're not going to get it from me. Totally agree with you there, Ryan. But I also agree with Dan James's assessment of Christmas. I would say that you spend a lot less time setting things up now at Christmas than we did, say, 10 years ago. I remember getting technology, computer, a printer, a uh, GPS, anything, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and you would spend most of the day trying to get printer drivers to load or Wi-Fi cards to install properly, that kind of thing. Too many Christmas days have been ruined in the past by setting up gadgets, so I couldn't agree with you more, Dan. But the prize for probably the most profound and moving way that technology has improved Christmas comes from Jamie Knight. You should know about Jamie that he's autistic, and so that will help explain what he says now. However, one useful technology over Christmas for me is that I actually use it with augmented speech. So if I'm really anxious or I'm really stressed and have trouble with language, and um, knowing it's there and having my, my phone around, which has got some speech software on it, uh, means that I always have the option to communicate. So overall, technology has been a massive improvement for Christmas. Gone are the Christmas meltdowns and anxiety fests uh, to be replaced with a very quiet, very calm time, uh, preparing me for the new year. I love the way that Jamie uses technology to help him out. Kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier with or when we interviewed Robin Christofferson this morning and he was talking about inclusive design and how technology makes life better for, for de- disabled people. And it just Jamie is the perfect example of that. Absolutely wonderful. Yep. And I, I, I have to say that I think group texting is fantastic. Do you? Yes. You disagree with, uh, with I think it was Danny that said... Well, you know, if you're, if you're on, in receipt of... Uh, of a text from someone you don't know, then, well, that's a bit sad. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, but I, th- I don't think he was saying it's people you don't know. It's, it's people that only you ever communicate with Christmas. It's like the laziest Just ignore form them, then. of communication. Just ignore them. Oh. It, I like it. Yes, I think it's fantastic to be able to go 
you know, just just a quick hi or whatever to lots of people. Yes, especially when I, you're I'm drunk. Still alive. Yes, texting when you're drunk, when you're drunk yeah. on New Year's Eve. Because I've got a thing about Christmas cards. Yeah, that I think. Mm, I hate should Christmas we really cards. be sending them? Well, but there are there's definitely two sides to the argument. I don't like the idea that we're, we're you know using up loads of paper and yeah this kind of thing. But it is good even if you send a card to someone just once a year to make that connection. Yeah. I guess so. So it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know what's worse. Because the, other, the other more kind of... If you're going to do that, some people send out a newsletter, don't they? Where they kind of cover what's been happening. Mm, yes. But it's always... Mm. Essentially, those <laughs> just boil down to, oh, we're such a perfect, lovely family and our world's great. Which annoys Wouldn't me. Wouldn't it be great, though? Because we only ever get one or two of those. And I'm always wanting to read it for, uh, you know... Uh, and. Uh, and then he hit me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're now divorced I mean, we're now divorced yeah <laughs> the kids yeah. in rehab <laughs> exactly that would be much funnier that is the problem with those it, it, it's, yeah I know people because I know a, a woman that always sends it to us she's, she's really lovely um and she probably and she doesn't try to kind of like yeah say we're the perfect family and you know she she isn't saying that but that's how it comes yeah. across yeah every time it's like that's don't the, do it that's the problem <laughs> but I can understand the logic behind them because they're actually a lot better in a lot of ways I mean they send a card Happy Christmas Love Marcus you know uh, it's not really a lot to it while mm. something like news that has more value to it but it does just come across as you being an ass. And anyway, that's my opinion. Just, yeah, there's no in between. It's just making the connection. That's what it's all about. But bringing it back to technology, it's when you get the odd one that's got no writing in it at all, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I couldn't to, even um, be bothered to sign my name. Who's this from? <laughs> trying to work out from the right handwriting on the envelope. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so we should all be basically sending e cards. I hate e cards as well. They're flipping horrendous with dreadful music. Oh no! Uh, and the uh, poor animation yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So, so to go, go back, texts are good. Texts are good. I, yeah. yeah, I'm coming round to Texts it. are good. Got to say. Although we have, I have just, and this is, I'm showing how crap I am at keeping up to date with things. I've discovered WhatsApp. Oh, uh, right. Um, instead of iMessage, because iMessage just keeps falling over. Somebody in our little group yeah. uh, doesn't receive it, or they, they reply and it only goes to one person. Right, else. so you'll uh, use so WhatsApp using WhatsApp, fantastic. Yeah. Works a trick. Yeah, nothing wrong with WhatsApp, absolutely. And it's cross-platform as well, exactly. which is really good. Yeah, someone's mm-hmm. got bought a Sony phone. I know, I'm just... <laughs> it ruins the whole system. <laughs> I know. Apparently, it's really good, and the battery lasts a week. That's... Good. On a smartphone. Yeah, that is very good. So, anyway, so we want to finish off by talking about the meaning of Christmas. Oh and it, well, no, we're not talking <laughs> about the meaning of Christmas. What we're really talking about is, has technology helped or hindered Christmas? Has it made it better or worse? So this is a nice, profound ending to our show. So here we go. Brett refocuses us on what Christmas is actually about. At its core, Christmas isn't about technology or presents at all, is it? And Dan paints a poignant picture to back up Brett's point. Definitely when I was a kid, you know, we'd sort of sit around and play with the games that we got, you know, board games and we'd play charades and things like that. The TV would kind of maybe be on in the background. Um, but now, you know, when I go around my family's for Christmas, everybody's on iPads and their iPhones and taking selfies and posting to Facebook and um, playing with the latest video game they got or something like that. Dan James echoes the idea that maybe Christmas is becoming less sociable because of technology. Christmas is now almost instantaneously shared outside of the house, outside of the, the people who are there. I remember I would receive a, you know, a gaming console or, or a toy 
as a kid and the only people that you could play with, uh, for better or for worse, were, was in the house and you play with your family and your immediate friends. Now I think that you get a piece of technology and right off the bat, you know, Christmas morning, as soon as the paper is off it, uh, you can start playing with that toy with other people. And I think it removes you from the here and now. Sometimes, as Danny points out, it's about being with the people in the room rather than communicating with those online. I tend to agree with, with a lot of other people in that I think it's made Christmas worse because it's, it's isolated us off a little bit more in some ways. Granted that we can reach out to more people and wish them a Merry Christmas. But I remember a couple of years back looking in a restaurant where we were eating over Christmas and uh, kids were just kind of heads down on their iPads or something. And I, I found that a little bit sad. Sarah Pimenta adds her voice to those who suggest that Christmas should be about friends and family and less about the latest gadget or gizmo. I think that these these tech things are, are you know, as always, they're wonderful, but we've got to remember that, you know, there's no substitution for sitting around and actually talking with your family at Christmas. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a Julie doll or a terrible Wacom tablet or an iPad or an iPhone, I still think that there's no substitution for real human contact, especially over Christmas. But I don't think anybody would suggest that technology cannot be great fun at Christmas. As Patrick says, it's about how you use it. I think technology makes pretty much everything better and worse. With Christmas, I think it's really about how you grab the bull by the horns and take control of what technology brings to your life during the holidays. I think it's important to not allow technology to rob you of moments that you may not have the opportunity to experience again. And it's not technology's fault, it's our fault as humans. For example, I'm, I'm really aware of uh, looking at my cell phone when I'm around people that I want to spend time with. When I'm eating dinner with my family, I don't look at my cell phone. When I am spending time with friends, I try not to look at my cell phone. And so I just try to live in the moment. And I think that's the best way for me to experience the holidays, is to live in the moment. And I hope you have... Uh, plenty of great moments this holiday season merry christmas happy holidays have a great one so i think patrick said it all really a very happy christmas a wonderful new year have lots of fun with family and friends and we will see you again for season 11 in january happy christmas happy christmas Thank you.